Are you ready to lift your life to another level? Your best days are ahead of you, and opportunity is knocking at your door daily. And your time for success in life is now. Welcome to the Ideal Life Podcast. Get ready to empower your dreams and take over your destiny. Now, here is your life coach, author, and motivational speaker, Shane Warren. Hello, everybody. This is Shane Warren. I want to welcome you again to the Ideal Life. You know, this is my favorite time of the year. Of course, it is Christmas time. It's going to be especially a wonderful time of the year for me and my family because my second grandchild, which is going to be a baby girl that we're going to name Araya Noel, is going to be born by December 25th or 26th. In fact, the doctors have told my daughter-in-law, if you don't have this baby by December 25th, we're going to admit you into the hospital the evening of Christmas, and we're going to induce your labor. So this is going to be a wonderful, wonderful time of year. And because I'm looking at my daughter-in-law and my son as they're walking around uh, pregnant with this child, and my family and I have sold everything we have, moved to the mountains. We're in a borrowed house at the moment, don't even have our own place to live, and we're kind of in a crowded situation here. I just happened to think the other day about Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, which of course is the Christmas story. How that Mary and Joseph were on their way to Bethlehem, and of course it was a time of the census, but when they finally got to that place and she was about to give birth, there was no room for the Lord Jesus in the end. Well, tragically today, and especially over the next few days, people are going to be rushing around, hurrying and worrying and fighting traffic in the streets and in the department stores. Their feet are going to be burning, their heads aching. Many of them, their nerves are going to be frayed, all because they're trying to celebrate Christmas. Kind of reminds me the story about a story of a little girl that I heard one time who was reciting the Lord's Prayer, and she meant to say, Lord, forgive us our trespasses, But instead, she said, Lord, forgive us our Christmases. Well, perhaps many of us need to really pray that prayer right now in this season because we're kind of allowing all of the stuff that surrounds Christmas to really crowd out the real meaning of Christmas. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about the crowded out Christ because for many people, the Christmas bells that are jingling is nothing more than the jingle of the cash register. And old King Midas touch has taken the place of the spirit of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords during this season. But I do want to remind you that Jesus, the birth of Jesus, the Son of the living God, the Word taking on flesh is the reason for the season. That's the reason that we have it. You know, there's an old story about a man who came to a hotel and the man behind the desk said, and I quote, well, we just don't have any room, sir. And the man said, well, I want to ask you a question. If the President of the United States were coming Would you have room for him? Of course, the innkeeper said, yes, we we would make room, but he is not coming. And so I don't have any room. My friend, I want to tell you, there's always room to make room if you really want to make room. And today, that's what I want to do for the next few moments is I just want to share with you my heart. I want us to think about the baby Jesus that was born in Bethlehem. In Bethlehem, they begrudged him a place to be born, and he had nowhere to lay his head. Herod, King Herod, begrudged this little baby his kingly title. Herod sought to slay him. 
Nazareth, this little village, begrudged him uh, his fame. They were offended and said, Is not this the carpenter's son? The Pharisees begrudged the Lord Jesus because of the power that he had. And they said, This man only cast out demons by the prince of demons, Beelzebub. You see, they begrudged the Lord Jesus, his right to this father's house. And when he cleansed the temple, it was the religious said, who said, By what authority do you do this? The chief priest begrudged the Lord Jesus the Sabbath over which he was really the Lord. And when he healed the sick, uh, the man with the withered hand, they begrudged him because he did it on a Sabbath day. They begrudged him to worship uh, because of the worship that he received, even of the harlots and the publicans. And, and they snarled at him and they said, This man receives sinners and he even eats with him. The religious of Jesus' day, they begrudged him every time of happiness and joy that he had, every feast that he went to. They said that he's nothing more than a wine-bibber and a glutton. They begrudged him the worship of a fallen woman, Mary, who washed his feet with her tears and wiped them dry with her long black hair. They criticized him for this. Judas, one of the disciples, begrudged him uh, a broken box of ointment and said, why in the world did we allow this woman to waste this? The Pharisees even begrudged him for the cries of the little children as they said, Hosanna in the highest. They sneered while these children tried to worship the Lord. They begrudged him even an hour of prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane as the soldiers came to take him. The soldiers who took him captive begrudged him his very garments and stripped him naked when they crucified him. Then they begrudged him even his title, King of the Jews, and they asked Pilate to change that title. When he was on the cross and dying for your sin and my sin, they begrudged him even a drink of water and gave him vinegar and gall to drink. They even begrudged the peace of death and they put a spear into his side when he hung upon that cross. Everything that the Lord Jesus Christ had upon this earth, men begrudged him and they said, we don't have room for you in the end of our heart. I just want to ask you the question today as we think about the Christmas season and how the Word became flesh, how that God sent His only begotten Son into this world for you and me, and that Christmas really is the reason for the season. I know it's not the exact day of the Lord's birth, but it is a wonderful day. Any day that we remember the Lord's birth is a beautiful day. And just like the world back then, so the world now begrudges Him, and there seems to be no room for Jesus. You know, when I look around, and especially right now as I'm watching the news media and specifically the political world, you know what I realize? There's no room for Jesus in this world's government. I'm talking about this world's system of things as they are today. You know, the Bible says in the book of Psalm, chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. You know, the system of this world doesn't want Jesus. The rulers of this world, the kings of this world, the high potentates of this world, they never ever have had room for the Lord Jesus. King Herod again sought to slay this baby. The Jews of that day when it was time for his crucifixion were faced uh, with, with fire and Pilate said, shall I crucify your king? And they said, we have no king but Caesar. What an irony that they would choose the cruel yoke of a Roman ruler in order to murder the Lord Jesus Christ. There was no room for Christ. 
but there was room for Caesar. And in this world system, there really no is no room for Jesus anymore. I was reading recently about the United States government was going to make a Christmas stamp, and the post office had designed the stamp, and it was a wreath. And the wreath was in a window, and there was a candle in the wreath. But someone looked at it and said, you know, the window pane behind that wreath resembles a cross. Well, we'll have to change the design of this stamp because we don't want to offend people. There is no room for the Lord Jesus Christ in this world's systems. We, you and I have watched as our world has secularized our society to where not only are we not neutral, but we have an antipathy uh, uh, toward the, uh, the things of God. There, there, is, there's, there's, there is a beguiling of the very things of God and those who call on the name of God. And it's not just this country, my friend. It is all over the world. My heart was very saddened to read what happened in the state of Israel on Christmas Day, December the 25th, 1990. It broke my heart to read it because I love the Jewish nation and I'm a supporter of Israel. A law was passed December 25th, 1990 that Messianic Jews, that is Jews that believe in Yeshua as their Messiah, cannot immigrate into Israel and be accepted there as automatic citizens. Now, things have changed since then, but I guess what I'm trying to just say to you is the Bible says he came unto his own and his own received him not. There is no room for Jesus in the governments of this world. And then when I look around, there's no room for the Lord Jesus in the educational institutions of our world either. Go to today's universities, go to today's public schools, and you'll find there's no room for creationism, but there's room for evolution. You'll find there's room for humanism, but not room for religion. You'll find there is room for a study of the world's religions, but not an acceptance of Christianity. There is room for biblical criticism, but there's no room for the Lord Jesus Christ himself. In our public schools today, rather than developing character, we're developing characters we have room for condoms, but we don't have room for Christ. We cannot today post the Ten Commandments on classroom walls, but we have policemen who now stand in our halls. And not in some schools, the boys and girls are having to pass through metal detectors. Right now, rather, in some schools, boys and girls are having to pass through metal detectors to get into their classrooms lest they be armed with some weapon. Yet, no matter how bad it's gotten, there's still no room for the Lord Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no room in the systems of this world, and there's no room in the educational systems. There's no room for Jesus in this world's religion. How many churches today are truly preaching the full deity of the Lord Jesus Christ? How many churches today are preaching the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus? How many are preaching the blood atonement of the Lord Jesus for humanity? It is to a religious world that the Lord Jesus is speaking in the book of Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 when he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I'll come into him and sup with him and he with me. The picture is Jesus Christ on the outside of a Laodicean church knocking at the door and asking to be let into the church of his day that bears his name. I want to submit to you Yes, it's a tragedy that there's no room for Jesus in the end of our uh, world system and political institutions. It is a tragedy that there is no room for Jesus in the end of our educational institutions. But the greatest tragedy of them all 
is that there's no room for Jesus. Even in many of the world's churches today, we have our systems, we have our schedules, but we really don't have the move of the Spirit of God. We need to make room for Jesus once again. You see, Jesus really is the crowded out Christ. And in this season of Christmas, I'm challenging you right now, why don't you make room for Jesus in your house? Why don't you make room for the Lord Jesus in your place of work? Why don't you make room for the Lord Jesus at the table as you gather with your family and you open presents? Don't allow Him to be a crowded out Christ in your heart or in your home. You see, He was born, my dear friend, in a stable. He was despised and rejected of men when He came the first time, nailed upon a cross, buried in a borrowed tomb. Really, there's very little room for the Lord Jesus in Christmas in our day. How many this Christmas season, honestly, as you look around in all the hustle bustle, how many will honor the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Did you know that at Christmas time in churches, there's generally a letdown in attendance? There's generally a, a, a decrease in the offerings? There's generally a ceasing of evangelistic programs? Why is that? Because there's really no room in the end. Who are the real heroes of Christmas today? Tiny Tim, Rudolph, a jolly red-faced man with whiskers named Santa Claus. And I'm not against any of that. I love all of that. But let me just tell you something, friend. The true Christmas tree, the true Christmas tree is a cross. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, He whose own self bear our sins in his body on the tree. The first Christmas tree was a cross. Well, what, what does all this mean to you? And what does all this mean to me? Well, first of all, if you would like to find Jesus Christ this Christmas, you will find Him. But you will find Him where you will always find Him, in a place that is despised and rejected of men outside, and not necessarily on the inside of the popular crowds. Number two, what this means is when you find Him, you're going to discover that the world that had no room for Jesus will no longer have room for you. John chapter 15, verse 18, Jesus said, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, you would love the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, because I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. I want you to know, dear friend, that you cannot go outside the camp without bearing his reproach. You will find that fellowship with Him, Jesus, is worth it all. But it will also cost you the fellowship with many. And finally, what this means for you and I is that as a Christian, you can have no room in our hearts for a world that has no room for Him. We cannot love this more, this world more than we love Jesus. We cannot love this world more than we make room for Jesus. For the Bible says that the friendship of the world is a warfare with God. As I close today, I just want to tell you, I want you to have the greatest Christmas of your life. The best way to do that is make room for Jesus in the end of your heart and in the end of your home. Have a great life this Christmas season. Thank you for joining us today for the Ideal Life Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. Until next time.